Today, most likely, uh, you have homosexual friends or family uh, or neighbors. Uh, today, it seems the topic of homosexuality is everywhere. If you look around, it's in the news, it's in the entertainment, it's in advertising, uh, it for sure is in politics. It is daily encountered in the course of our living our lives. Really, there's not a day that goes by that we do not somewhat uh, see this issue. Today, the practice of homosexuality is viewed favorably uh, more than any time in modern history. And I'll show you some statistics uh, that will show us that. Uh, today, the government, our government, is affirming and accepting and promoting of homosexuality. Today, the culture we live in is affirming, is accepting, and promoting of homosexuality. Uh, today, the educational system, uh, including the university system, it is vastly and influentially affirming and accepting and promoting of homosexuality. Uh, today, the medical world, the American uh, Medical Association, the American Psychiatric Association, other groups as well, uh, they are affirming of and accepting of homosexuality. Uh, I saw a recent uh, Pew Research study. It said that 49% of Americans approved of the practice of homosexuality in 2007. Uh, that number is now 72% in the year 2022. Those numbers are even higher among our youth, and so that number is destined to climb. This morning, you can be sure this is a big subject. It is an emotional subject. Uh, it is a potentially divisive subject. And today, it is an important subject. Listen, today, as we come to this issue, it is an important subject. And for us this morning as believers in Jesus Christ, the followers of Jesus Christ, the question is, the real issue is, what does God say about homosexuality? We have all these other voices. We have all these other influences. But for us as followers of Jesus Christ, there's really only one issue, and the issue is, what does God say about homosexuality? Now, that is our goal today. That is the mission that we are on, to determine clearly what does God say about homosexuality. I'm going to ask if you would, if you would stand with me for a word of prayer as we begin this morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father, we come. We are thankful that today we have truth. We're thankful that today we have hope. We're thankful that we have a Savior. That we have an anchor that holds. We have a foundation that's not crumbling. And that we have the truth of a Savior, Jesus. In Jesus, we have the forgiveness of our sins. We have reconciliation with a holy God. We have peace. We have joy. And we have a future. Lord, we're thankful for that. Lord, we, we pray as we come to this subject today, I pray that you would speak. I pray that you would lead. I pray, Lord, that it wouldn't be my voice or the, of any other voice, but it would be your word, your truth made clear. I pray, Lord, that it would bear fruit. And I pray, Lord, that we would leave this service differently. I pray that we would have peace, that we would have a, a settled foundation. And then again, that we would walk in that truth, in that peace. Lord, I pray for some in the hearing of this message that they might hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, that they might hear of a risen Savior, of a hope of sinners, 
and that today in this hour might be the hour of their salvation. Remove any hindrance to that, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you will be pleased today, that you will be known today, that you will be glorified, that you will be high and lifted up, and that is our desire. We trust this to you. We lay it at your feet, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. This morning, once again, we seek out God's answer. Now, we need to get used to that. We seek out not my answer, not the church's answer, not for sure the culture's answer, but we seek out God's answer. And as we do, we can be sure the good news is God's way is best. Now, I want to start right there. God's way is best. Do you believe that? Do we still believe that? Is God good? Is he truly good? Is God wise? Is he infinite in wisdom? Does he know what's best? Is he kind to us? Does he want what's best for us? Does God love us? Do you believe that? God's way is best. Now we start there. That's the truth. God's way is best. And so with that hope, with that trust, we seek out his way. Now, I can tell you, we could come and we could look at a lot of different issues, but the question is, do we actually believe God's way is best? Well, we trust that, we hope that, we believe that, and so we come and we seek out his way. And so with that understanding, God's way is best. He is good. He is gracious. He is kind. He has perfect wisdom. With that understanding, God's way is best, we come to this question. So what does God say about homosexuality, all right? First thing we see, here we go. The first thing we see is this. Homosexuality is a deviation from God's plan. That's the first thing we see today. What does God say about homosexuality? Homosexuality is a deviation from God's plan. Now, if you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. I'm going to look at one verse here. It says this. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Very important verse, a very a profound verse. Listen to it again. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Now, let's talk about this verse for just a second this morning. It starts off, and it says, for this reason. For this reason. Well, what is this reason? Now, if you go to the preceding verses, it tells of creation. It tells the work of God in creation. It is actually very detailed. It tells us how God creates. And in that, it tells us of the creation of people. It tells us how people came about. It shows us God is the creator, and he is responsible for the creation of people. And so that's what it's talking about. So because of that, because of this thing, because of God's work as the creator, for that reason, we have the direction in verse 24. 
God is the designer. God is the creator. He tells us how he created. And for that reason, we have the direction of verse 24. Now, verse 24 says, A man shall leave his father and mother. See this, God is the creator, and God's plan, God's design is for children to be raised by their parents. That's what the verse very clearly shows us. God is the creator, and his design, his purpose, his plan is for children to be raised by their parents. It says their dad, their father is a male, their mother is a female. That is God's plan. That is God's design. So I want you to see this. Homosexuality is a deviation from God's plan. Two women can't have kids. Two men can't produce offspring. There is no home. Homosexuality is a deviation from God's plan when it comes to the home. Now, it's crazy I have to say it like this, but let me be very clear in this. Two men can do what they want to do, but they cannot be a home. Two women, they can do whatever they want to do, but they cannot be a home. Now, if you watch the news today, if you watch the headlines today, today through gay adoption, homosexual adoption, or through surrogacy, they will give a gay couple kids to raise. And that's becoming a frequent thing. That's becoming a common thing. Uh, They're giving gay couples kids to raise. I want you to be very sure today that is not God's plan. That is not God's design. And I want you to be sure today those kids will suffer outside of the plan of God. Well, isn't it better than some other alternative? No, that is a deviation of the plan of God. Do you still believe God's ways best? That's the issue all the way through this message. Do you still believe God's way is best? It is. We trust that. Verse goes on and it says, A man shall leave his father and his mother home and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. I want you to see this. God is the creator, and this is God's plan. This is God's design for marriage. And homosexuality is a deviation from God's plan. I want us to be very clear today. By God's plan and in God's design, two men cannot be married. In God's plan and God's design, two men cannot be married. Two women cannot be married. And to say so is a deviation from God's plan. Do we still believe God's ways best? He knows the best plan for a marriage. He he knows how he's going to bless a marriage. He he knows his wisdom that that a home is is, is built on a marriage. Do we still believe God's plan is best? Two men can't be married. Two women cannot be married. To say so is a deviation from God's plan. Do you see this? And I, I want you to see there's some big things going on, and, and, and it's, a, it's a big deal. Do you see this? In the moving forward of the homosexual agenda, 
And in the approval of homosexuality, listen, 77% marching up on 80% of Americans approve of the practice of homosexuality. In the moving forward of the homosexual agenda, in the approval of homosexuality, there is the breakdown of marriage. And resulting from the breakdown of the marriage is the breakdown of the home. And resulting from the breakdown of the home, as we are seeing, there comes the breakdown of the culture. I want you to listen to this. Friends, no nation in history, no people in history have ever endured the majority acceptance of homosexuality ever in history. It is culture ending. Can't be a marriage. Can't be a home. And the culture ends with the embracing of homosexuality. First thing we see today, it is a deviation from God's plan. Second thing we see today, first, homosexuality is a deviation from God's plan. Second thing we see today, homosexuality is a dishonor to God. It is a dishonor to God. Now, I want you to go with me right here. On this issue, God has spoken. Now, there's some that like to say he hasn't spoken. God has spoken, and he's been very clear. He has spoken clearly on the issue in the Old Testament, in the New Testament as well. God has spoken. He has told us this is his plan, and this plan is carried out in his design. And so to embrace homosexuality is to say to God, we do not believe you. That's what it is. We do not believe you. It is ultimately to say to our creator God, we know better than you. Now, can you imagine that? Our creator God, and we come up and say, well, we know better than you. We don't believe you. We know better than you. It is a dishonor to God. Isaiah chapter 5 verse 20 says, God says, woe to those who call evil good. Today there is a push, and I believe this message is very timely. I believe what we're seeing in our world, this is very timely. Today there is a push to be known or to be called what is, what is called affirming. And people want to be affirming. It is a good thing to be considered affirming. It's a good thing for a church to be considered affirming. It is presented as wise. It's wise to be affirming. It is presented as being logical. It is, it is presented as being loving. And that's their main catch. It's the caring thing to do. It's the loving thing to do. And it is a sought-after title to be considered to be an affirming person or an affirming church. At an alarming rate, Christians, pastors, and churches are lining up to be known as affirming not only of homosexuality, but of the entire LBGTQ, that's a lot of letters, agenda. They want to be known as that. Churches, pastors, Christians, they want to be known as that. Last month, the Church of England, the Anglican Church, voted to affirm and bless gay marriages and homosexual unions. 
Last week, the German bishops of the Catholic Church voted to affirm and bless gay marriages and unions. The Presbyterian Church, USA, I'll talk quietly, they're on our block. The Presbyterian, I'm going to talk about Baptist too, it's okay. The Presbyterian Church, USA, the largest organization of Presbyterian churches, 1.4 million members in 2011, they voted to allow gay clergy. In 2014, they voted to affirm and to allow gay marriage at the discretion of the local elders. The Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, 3.8 million members, they voted, they're leaders in this cause, they voted to welcome and affirm homosexuality as early as 1991, then to ordain as pastors homosexuals in 2010. Now, they also have decided to defer to the local congregation on gay marriage and gay unions. Now, I have no idea how a homosexual minister would speak against a homosexual marriage, but that is their vote. Recently, the United Methodist Church, the second largest non-Catholic denomination in the United States, the United Methodist Church, 6.4 million members in the United States, 13 million members worldwide, they have, if you've been watching the news, they have split over this very issue. Those holding to the biblical stance on homosexuality are now called the Global Methodist Church. Now, I want to say this. That term that says the Methodist Church we hear has split over this issue. The term split is actually deceiving. Get this. Only 6% of churches left, meaning 94% of the Methodist church has chosen to be affirming and accepting of LGBTQ agendas. Yes, even the Baptists. I'm going to talk about them. The Baptist denomination, it is caught up in the movement. You watch the headlines today. More and more there are pastors that are coming out seeking the title of affirming. More and more, there are entire churches that are falling that are seeking the title or the label of affirming. Let me be very clear today. In a world that is increasingly becoming less clear, in a world that in the ploy of Satan is being misled and is embracing the lie, I want you to listen very carefully. Our world is embracing the lie, it is a lie. Our world is seeking the title of affirming, approving of the lie. I want you to listen very carefully. The world may approve of or affirm homosexuality. The government, our president, our lawmakers, our judges, they may approve of and confirm homosexuality. Our culture, our neighbors, our friends may approve of and affirm homosexuality. Churches and pastors may approve of and affirm homosexuality. But I want you to hear me this morning on the authority of God's own word. God does not affirm or approve of homosexuality. And to say so is to dishonor God. Do we still believe his way is best? Do we believe he has wisdom that we do not have? Do we believe his way is best? To say so is to say, God, we don't believe you. 
It is to dishonor God. Here's the issue. But these people are people we love. These, these people, they're people we do not want to offend. I don't want to offend anybody. These times we're living in, these are different times. The day has changed. Do we trust God? Is he really wise? Is he really good? Is his way really best? Or is he trying to trick us? Is he trying to punish us? Can we trust God? Listen to me, friends. To embrace Promote, affirm, or practice homosexuality is a dishonor to God. It's a dishonor to God. It's to tell them we don't believe him. It's to tell them we, we know better. It is to dishonor God. Now, I want to make something very clear here. God has spoken, and he's spoken clearly on the matter. God has spoken. We need to be sure of that. God has spoken. Now, there's some folks today, and they say, well, Jesus never spoke on this subject. I don't know if you've ever heard that. Well, Jesus never addressed this subject. Now, I've heard folks, and they've told me, I'm siding with Jesus. He never took a side on this issue. I'm going to go with Jesus on the matter. Jesus never spoke on it. If it was a big deal, he would have, he would have taken up the cause. Have you still got your place in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24? Listen to that again. For this reason, because God's the creator and the designer, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. That is God's plan, that there will be one man and there will be one woman, that they would unite in marriage. We see here that is God's plan for marriage, that there is one man and there is one woman. That is his plan for sexuality, that it would be one man and it would be one woman, and it would be carried out only in the context of marriage. That is God's plan. That is his plan for the, for the foundation of the home. That is his plan for human sexuality. That is his plan for marriage. It tells us that. It is clear. Okay, turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 19, verse 4. I'll wait on you. Matthew chapter 19, verse 4. Matthew chapter 19, verse 4, as you turn there, uh, in these verses, Jesus is speaking. Jesus has been asked about marriage very specifically, he has been asked about divorce. And so Jesus is speaking. Listen to me. These are the words of Christ. Jesus is speaking. All right? He says this. See if it sounds familiar. Verse 4. And he answered and he said, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? Verse 5. And he said... For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. That is a direct quotation in the words in the mouth of Jesus. So they are no longer two, verse 6, so they are no longer two but one flesh. Well, therefore, God has joined together. Let no man 
separate. Friends, I want you to see this. Jesus says it here. Jesus confirms it here. If you like the word better, Jesus affirms it here. Marriage is between one man and one woman joined in marriage. It is a sexual union and it is the foundation of the home and that's what Jesus says. Jesus did speak on it and he was clear. First, homosexuality is a deviation from God's plan. Second, homosexuality is a dishonor to God. It is a dishonor to God. Third is this. Homosexuality is a denial of God's word. It is a denial of God's word. Now, don't miss this. See what this is really about. The old argument once again, is brought current. This, once again, is the voice of Satan who says, did God truly say? That's what this is. It's as old as the garden. It's, it's the voice of Satan who says, did God truly say? And this issue is an attack on the word of God. That's what it is. That is why it is so prevalent. That is why we see it every day. It is an attack on the word of God. Do not be deceived. Do not miss that. The issue is an attack on the word of God. Did God truly say? Did he truly mean what he said? Is God's word true? Is God's word dependable? Does it change? Is it trustworthy? Does it need updating? What if it doesn't fit me any longer? What if, what if I don't like it anymore? What if our kids or our grandkids or those that we love are gay? What are we going to do with the word of God then? Friends, I want you to see this this morning. This is exactly what Satan wants. This is exactly where he leads our hearts and our emotions are in conflict with the word of God. We, we love this sin, or maybe we love these folks in this sin. And, and, we're, and our hearts, our emotions are in conflict with the word of God. And, and maybe we'll just have to set it down. Maybe we'll just have to adjust it. Maybe we'll have to adapt it somehow. Friends, isn't this exactly what Adam and Eve did? See this. Get this, all sin, and now let's open it up, all sin, all sin, hatred, jealousy, gossip, living together before marriage, adultery, all sin, stealing, cheating on your taxes, all sin, listen to me, all sin is a rejection of God's word and ultimately is a rejection of God, and that is what Satan leads. My heart loves this sin, or, or, or my emotion is tied to those in this sin. And so I have to begin to overlook the Word of God, or I have to ignore the Word of God, or I have to reject the Word of God. And listen to me, it's in that Word where our Savior Jesus is found. Friends, listen to me. Satan in the garden, 
He wasn't trying to lead them to sin. No, it was much bigger than that. He was trying to lead them as he had already done to reject God. That's what it was about. He wanted them to reject God. And once again, in the sin, in this issue of homosexuality, Satan isn't trying to lead people to sin. It is much bigger than that. He is trying to lead people to reject God because he is our help, because he is our hope, because he is our Savior. It's trying to lead people to reject God. That's what it's about. Listen to this. Romans chapter 1, verses 24 through 28. Now, just listen to the words. Romans chapter 1, beginning in verse 24. Therefore, God gave them over in the lusts of their hearts to impurity. He calls it impurity. So that their bodies would be dishonored among them. For they, listen to verse 25. For they exchanged the truth of God. That's what Satan wants. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Verse 26. For this reason, God gave them over to degrading passions. That's what God says. For their women exchanged the natural function for that which is unnatural. And in the same way also, the men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in their desire toward one another. Men with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. God has clearly spoken. That is in the New Testament. Homosexuality is a deviation from God's plan. Homosexuality is a dishonor to God. Homosexuality is a denial of the word of God. And ultimately, it leads away from Christ. You want to boil it down? Ultimately, it leads away from Christ. Not closer to Christ. It leads away from Christ. Let's go back to the question. What does God say about homosexuality? Let's go carefully through this. Let's go back to the question, what does God say about homosexuality? It is a sin. Clearly, it is a sin. And like all sin, it is a rejection of God's plan. It's to say, I know best. Like all sin, it is to dishonor God. It's to say to God, I do not believe you. And like all sin, it is a rejection of God. I affirm me instead of you and your word. I trust me. It is a rejection of God. What does the Bible say about homosexuality? Listen very carefully. The Bible says those practicing it are people created in God's image, as are all people. They are worthy of dignity and love. And because of that, they are worthy of the truth. Folks, our world says ignore the truth when it becomes hard. You ever notice that? Our world says ignore the truth when it becomes inconvenient. Our world says ignore the truth when it becomes convicting. Listen to me this morning. As followers of Jesus Christ, we speak the truth, the Bible says, 
in love. We speak the truth in love. And it is in deep love, it is in true love, it is in the love of Jesus that we actually say God's way is best. And found in God's way is peace. And found in God's way is wholeness. Found in God's way is joy. And as painful as it may be, as costly as it may be to us, we bring the truth in love. Yes, we love them. Yes, we are kind to them. But yes, we are loving enough to boldly stand and say, God's way is best. Do we still believe it? God's way is best. Can we hang our hat on it? God's way is best. What does the Bible say about homosexuality? What is the answer? So here we are. This is the issue. It's all around us. It's emotional. What is the answer? What is the answer? Friends, if you haven't heard a word I've said this entire time, listen to this. Listen up right now. If you've heard everything I've said, then here's the best part, keep listening. If you're here or if you're listening in some other way and you're mad right now, or if you're upset, or if you're indifferent, or if you're under conviction, if this is talking about you or it hits close to home, or if you think it has nothing absolutely to do with you, I want you to sit up and I want you to listen right now. The best part of this whole message is right here. Listen very carefully. Are you listening? I want you to hear me right now. What is the answer? What is the answer for homosexuality? What is the answer for any sin? What is the answer? I want you to to hear me. Listen. There is hope, and there is help, and there is truth, and there is goodness, and there is restoration, and there is joy, and there is redemption, and there is forgiveness, and there is the blessing of God, and there is grace without limit. There is mercy that is infinite. There is shame that is lifted off. There is reconciliation with God. There is a Savior. Listen to me. You want to know what the answer is today? Whatever your sin, if this is your sin, listen to me. The answer is this. Run to Jesus. Run to Jesus. In him there is hope. In him there is the forgiveness of sin. You want to know what your answer is? Don't listen to the world. Run to Jesus. Run to Jesus. Run to Jesus. Run to Jesus. Sometimes we act... Like there's different formulas or different remedies for different sins. We say, well, that sin's worse than my sin, and that sin, oh, that's too grievous of a sin, and we act like there's different remedies for different sins. Did you know, listen to me, whatever the sin, the answer is the same. Turn from that sin. Run to Jesus. Ask God for the power to repent. He will save you. He will save you. Run to Jesus. All sin is a rejection of God. All sin bears the judgment and the penalty of God. All sin has its remedy and its answer in the person and the work of Jesus. 
And so you want to know what the answer is? The answer is this. Line up with the truth of God's word. His way surely is, truly is best. Line up with the truth of God's word. Seek his power to repent and turn away from that sin. Ask him to forgive you of that sin and turn to Jesus. Turn to Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come. And I'm thankful. Though Satan would try to lead us astray, though the world would try to make us comfortable in sin, the world would lure us to reject you and, and be confident in that rejection, I'm thankful that there is a gracious Savior. And I'm thankful that his grace is shown in his living and active word. And I'm thankful that in it we're appointed to a living Savior, a risen Savior, the hope of all sinners. And Lord, I pray for some that are struggling with this issue some families that are dealing with this issue, some parents, some grandparents, I pray that we would take hope in the person of Jesus. I pray, Lord, that we'd be bold enough to stand on the truth of Jesus, that we'd be gracious enough to preach the gospel of Jesus. And I know, Lord, you're the, you're the, you're the gracious Savior. And I pray that in that, that many sinners come home, that many sinners, whatever the sin might be, they would turn to you and repent and find peace and hope and forgiveness in the person of Christ. Lord, I, I come and I pray about my sin. I pray we wouldn't be so arrogant as to always look at somewhere else. I pray, Lord, thanking you for the forgiveness of my vile sin, for the hope that I have in the person of Jesus, for reconciliation with the Holy God, a future eternity, life eternal with Jesus. I praise you for that. Lord, I pray that you have spoken. I believe that you have. I pray, Lord, for a church that will be bold and kind in the declaration of the truth. I pray we'd be gracious in the extension of the gospel of Jesus. And I pray the impact would be great. The impact would point to you and glorify your name. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. We're going to close with a time of response, a time of invitation. And I want to tell you a couple things at the end of this message are appropriate. First is this, if you've never trusted Jesus, run to him. Turn to him today. He'll save you, he'll forgive you. It doesn't matter how, what your sin it is, it doesn't matter how great you think it is, his grace and his mercy is greater than the extent of your sin. He'll forgive you, he'll save you. If you've never trusted Jesus, do it today. If you know somebody dealing with this issue, maybe it's a, 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 a son or daughter or a grandchild, a cousin, you know what our answer is to be gracious the way Jesus is, to be kind the way Jesus was, to be truthful and stand on the truth, but always point back to the Savior, the hope we have in Jesus. We're going to pray for you in this time as well, that you're bold, that you're faithful. We're going to pray that God moves, and I know that he will. He's the one that changes hearts. Maybe you're here looking for a church home today. And your response is to say, you know what, I want to stand with a church that preaches the truth. I want to stand on the gospel of Jesus Christ. So you're looking for a church home, you come as well. Maybe, maybe you put your faith in Jesus but never fought in believer's baptism and you need to stand and say, you know what, I want to testify in the act of baptism to what I believe of my Savior Jesus. You come, we'll set a date. It'll be a great day of testimony and celebration. Maybe you want to come and pray at an altar today. Maybe there's somebody you're thinking about and you want to pray for them. God is faithful and he hears our prayers. Maybe you want to come pray with me. I'm going to ask that no one would stir about or head for an exit. But you pray for those who are making decisions. 
as we stand and sing, if God has spoken to you, you step out, you come on.